Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 18, titled Midnight. Uh, Yet another very, very good episode that beautifully continues... Uh, the escalation of the ZFT storyline. Uh, so, the hook of this episode, of course, is that all these bodies are turning up with, like, just mangled necks. Uh, they got human bite marks in them. Uh, their bodies are completely drained of spinal fluid, like... It's a horror show. It is a freaking horror show. From top to bottom. These bodies keep dropping and we have to figure out who the hell is doing this, what the hell is doing this, and what is even happening and why. Uh, So we're investigating these bodies, investigating these bodies, investigating these bodies, and we find that there is syphilis on the body. And not just any syphilis... An extinct strain of syphilis that has been dead for decades. And when we talked to the CDC about it, uh, it turns out that they had uh, rented out, like, some syphilis. They had uh, gotten some samples out of this extinct strain to a pharmaceutical company... Uh, cause, which is, in and of itself, not that big of a deal. The CDC uh, deals with reputable scientists, reputable pharmaceutical people all the time. Basically, if you can prove you're an academic and not, like, some crazy person, like, you can get whatever contagion you want for the purposes of testing. But we look into these guys further, and not only do the syphilis go to a residential area, but also, they've ordered a lot in the past. They've acquired a lot of toxins, a lot of chemicals from the CDC in the past, including the chemical that was used in the rapid skin growth toxin. Yep, this is ZFT. <laughs> this is full balloon ZFT madness. So, immediately this went from bad to awful. Immediately this went from a standard episode of Fringe to, oh shit, this is really, really big, this is really, really important. So, we raid the house at this address that the... Syphilis and all the other stuff went to. And we get this guy named Nicholas Boone. Who is working on all these chemicals. Working on all these toxins. Working on all this stuff for ZFT. We put him in an interrogation room. And Nicholas Boone says, look. I'll tell you everything. 
about ZFT if you save my wife. ZFT kidnapped her. ZFT is using her as punishment because I tried to leave them. Once I figured out my work was being used for, like, the worst possible things, I tried to get away. And they punished me using her. So, Nicholas Boone gives Donovan an address. They go there, they raid the place, and his wife's not there. But the chemical that created this disease is. And he needs that to make an antidote so he can save his wife, who they infected with this toxin, who they affected who they infected with this disease uh, that basically burns through your spinal fluid real fast and turns you into this human horror show where you just have to feed on human spinal fluid in order to survive. And that's what all the mangled necks draining of spinal fluid are. That's her feeding. So she's the one out there killing people. And we now have to save her from this toxin that's not only turned her into this monster, but completely warped her brain so she's not even the person she was anymore. This, again, let me remind you, all punishment for trying to leave. Yeah! Like, and, oh my god, I love the story of Nicholas Boone. I love this character. I love what they did with him in this episode. His entire arc here is so perfect. Uh, I can't, for the life of me, remember the name of the actor who played him. I'm going to look this up as I'm talking. He freaking nailed it. Uh, But also, he even went as far as to before his wife just ran off. He was using, like, his own spinal fluid to feed her. He was using his own spinal fluid to satiate her hunger, but eventually that got to not great levels and was completely unsustainable. Uh, Jefferson Mays. Jefferson Mays is the name of the guy who played Nicholas Boone. God, he's so good in this episode. God, he is freaking amazing, and I love everything that he did here. So... They team Nicholas Boone up with Walter, so the two of them together can make this antidote, can make this cure. And they're working on it, they're working on it, they're working on it, they're working on it, uh, while Olivia and Peter try to track down the wife. And they go on this whole investigatory tangent, they find the car from one of her victims, that's been completely stripped, Peter's got a guy who... Owns a chop shop. Uh, he knows where they picked up the car originally. Because it got picked up, stripped, and then dumped. So he can lead them to this other spot. They find a couple bodies there. Uh, they take them in to examine them. And then Astrid is able to figure out that, like, wait a minute. These these guys smell super drunk. Wait a minute. Takes out, like, a little UV light. Looks at their hands and it and there's entrance stamps for a club. 
So she's hunting at this one club. We had that really great opening sequence with the asshole who was cheating on his girlfriend with random women. By the way, totally skipped past this, but that opening sequence, I really, really love the subversion of a very, very, a very, very major trope. Like, the way you expect these types of thriller stories to go is like, oh, effed up, scumbag, uh, awful predatory man preying upon weak women. Uh, who are completely unsuspecting, and he lures them and kills them and all that. That's the story you expect to see. And that's the story you are expecting to see right up until they go into his apartment. Right up until they go into his room. And she just snaps his neck. And suddenly the entire dynamic reverses and you're like, oh, wait, okay. Uh, Turns out she is an inhuman monster that is preying upon him, not the other way around, even though that dude is an absolute scumbag and absolutely deserved what he got. Like, I just love that subversion. I love that subversion of like the types of like thriller tropes. It's really, really good. It's really, really well done. But anyway, they go to this club, we get this amazing sequence where they are, like, using this thermal detector deal, thermal imaging device thing to find, like, the ultra-hot woman, the one ultra-hot woman there, because the syphilis that's used as a base for the... For the virus that's used as a base for the toxin. Basically makes you super, super warm. Elevates your temperature beyond normal by a lot. So they're looking for someone really, really hot. Which leads to the very awkward interaction of Peter with this random woman. This random woman's trying to flirt with him. And he's like, oh, there's a thermal imaging device. Uh, it tells me if you're hot. Well, yep, you're definitely hot, but I'm looking for someone with syphilis. <laughs> and then the woman's just like, um, okay. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love that moment. It's so funny. Uh, but we find her. She leaves the club. Charlie Francis is there ready to trank her. And uh, we get her back and we're able to capture her. Uh, there's the really great scene in the car where Peter, like an idiot, uh, is just like, I want to play with the siren <laughs> as he's driving the cop car. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, they do in this sequence talk about what's going on with Rachel. Uh, so Rachel's husband is filing for divorce and also is demanding full custody of Ella. So... Yeah, there's that. I also love the moment where Olivia just flat out, <laughs> flat out says to Broyles, Hey, um, were you happy with your divorce, divorce lawyer? Yeah, I can't talk. Were you happy with your divorce lawyer? And Broyles just looks at her like, The fuck do you say? <laughs> and Olivia's like, Oh, I hear you on the phone with your kids, but not your wife. And Broyles is like, Okay, yeah, uh, I was satisfied. I'll give you the name and number. I hope everything works out for your sister. 
I pay attention too. <laughs> Turnabout, fair play. <laughs> but anyway, they're talking about the Rachel thing, and Peter's playing with the siren, and uh, Valerie wakes up and attacks Olivia, and they're able to trank her again. I just, I, that's a really, really good scene. Is it necessary? No, but it's fun. It's a really fun moment, particularly with Peter being a child. And while that's happening, of course, uh, Walter and Nicholas Boone are working on the antidote. There's a great moment where they're discussing the possibility of a soul. Um, Nicholas Boone asks Walter if he believes in that. And Walter has the amazing line that's etched into my consciousness. There are days where I wish I did. There are days when I wish I didn't. Which is just perfect. It's just a perfect line. And I love everything about that. And they have this whole conversation that's really, really great and speaks to both of those characters' colossal regrets with the things they did in their past. Walter with what he did in that lab decades ago with William Bell. Nicholas Boone with what he uh, what he did for ZFT. And eventually, they come to the conclusion with this antidote that it needs spinal fluid to basically act as a catalyst it needs spinal spinal fluid to bond uh with it and be totally good and for the body to accept it and the only spinal fluid they know is compatible is his own which is not great because he already uh took a bunch of spinal fluid to feed his wife but he's like no 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 definitely Just taking another 25 milliliters or so, totally fine. They take the spinal fluid. It's very much not fine. He lied. Very much so. And starts having a stroke. And Walter calls him out on his like, you definitely lied. And Nicholas is like, yeah, I did it to save my wife. Uh, He says it in a lot more flowery language. He does it in a lot more of an artful way of like, how far would you go for someone you loved and all that? But, like, that's basically what he said. Like, he sacrificed himself. He sacrificed his own life to save his wife. And he had that great moment where they're both on tables. Valerie on one side, Nicholas on the other. They give the antidote to Valerie. She thrashes around a bit, but the antidote ends up working. The antidote ends up being uh, a perfect success. And literally, she gets better As he dies. So Nicholas Boone like straight up died to save his wife. Uh, And it's a really, really amazing sacrifice. And they. God, this character. One episode and he was just masterful. And his characterization was so perfect. And you really empathized with him and you really like got invested in him and you really wanted to see him and his wife get reunited and you really wanted to see his wife get better because you cared about him so much and to watch him make that ultimate sacrifice to save his wife like he's one of the best guest characters this show has ever seen like of all the characters that have appeared in like a single episode one and done, he might be the best. He's great, and I love what they did with him. But she's saved, everything's good, and 
Okay, so this was weird. One of the light bulbs on my ceiling uh, light fan thing had gone out, and I had noticed it during the recording. I didn't say anything because I was, like, in the moment of a monologue. But then, just now, the light bulb came back on again, and the room just got so much brighter. And I got, like, just super stunned by it. Like, ah, the light! I mean, hey, this episode... Basically a vampire story. As I'm talking about the resolution of it, it kind of works. <laughs> that extra light is coming into the room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everything's great. Everything's awesome. And Olivia gets a tape that Nicholas recorded before his death. Basically making good on his word, making good on his bargain, and giving Olivia all he knows about ZFT. Uh, a list of names that he's acquired about people in the organization, including the name of the person who's funding them. William Bell. <laughs> oh, oh, there's so much I want to say. There's so much I want to say. There's so much I want to say. But I will hold my tongue. There's only two episodes left in this season. At this point, it's basically a race to the finish. It, it, it gonna be good. It gonna be good. I'll just say that. I'll leave it there. I will shut up before I say anything else. But yeah, this is a really, really great episode. This is really, uh, really, really solid third to last episode of the season setting up for like i said that race to the finish of the last two episodes uh if you like this favorite podcast anchor.fm slash tv archive so that you can be here every single monday through friday as to go through every single episode of this and other shows and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer feel free to call in as well it's simple it's just push a button on the anchor app i'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 19. Talk to you then.